Welcome to Point of Pivot, a podcast for ladies who are on a journey to reclaim their health, fitness, and confidence. I'm your host, Emily, a wife, mother, and nutrition coach who understands what it's like to be frustrated and spin her wheels looking for results. Together, we'll dive into the world of macro counting, weightlifting, and explore how to create sustainable behavior change. I'll be sharing tips and strategies to empower you to shift your mindset, habits, and behaviors to finally be able to break free from feeling stuck and disappointed and to discover how to sustain these results for life. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Point and Pivot podcast. This is episode four, and today I'm going to be talking about how stress can hinder fat loss. And so it's probably not super surprising, but it actually does, stress actually does play a major role in our ability to lose body fat. So I want to talk a little bit just first of all about what stress is. And today when I talk about stress, I'm going to be referring to chronic stress. And that's when you are exposed over a long period of time to stressors. So a stress is just basically how your body reacts to a threat. So you start to feel stressed and fight or flight ensues. So when that happens, you breathe faster, your heart rate will increase, your brain will actually use more oxygen, and then a lot of times you'll kind of tense up. And so while this is good, if you're trying to outrun some sort of tiger or something or predator or there's you know something major that needs to happen... That's a good thing that our body will do that, but as with anything in life, balance is key. And so if too much of this happens, then it starts to affect your health, including your ability to lose weight. And so stress is actually one of the most underrated factors that can play a large part in your ability to lose body fat. And so stress can be linked to things like insomnia, depression, and anxiety, And what happens when we're stressed is our adrenal gland, which is a gland that sits on the top of our kidneys, will secrete cortisol. And so it'll secrete cortisol as well as epinephrine and norepinephrine. And so this happens every time you're stressed, even especially actually during exercise. And so epinephrine and norepinephrine will tell your body to get ready to burn fat But too much of a good thing isn't good, as I said, because you want these hormones to fire up during exercise, but be turned off during periods of rest. And so it can really start to, you know, create an issue if the stress doesn't ever slow down. Um, So cortisol is actually a type of steroid hormone, um, but it's our main stress hormone. And it's not all bad, though, because in the morning when you wake up, your cortisol levels actually are at their highest level typically. And so then it will wane throughout the day, which is what you want to happen. But when you're stressed and your cortisol levels are high all the time, that's when you can start to have a lot of issues. So basically, you know, your your stress response is regulated by a closely orchestrated communication between your hypothalamus, your pituitary gland, and your adrenals. So as, you know, you're stressed all the time, it can start to affect things in your brain too. So your hippocampus in your brain is your rapid access memory part. And so when your hippocampus is constantly exposed to this stress hormone cortisol, it'll recognize a threat 
and then it will start to suppress your thyroid. So as you can see, it's kind of like a domino effect. So your thyroid is essentially your metabolic manager, and it's very sensitive to lifestyle factors, so including sleep, nutrition, stress, and exercise. So if you think of if you think of your three big contributors to your health, so sleep, nutrition, and exercise, the first two, like this uh, sleep and nutrition, are kind of like if you're standing in one place and you can picture this, uh, if you have adequate sleep, it's like taking a step forward. And then if your nutrition is dialed in, that's like another step forward. And so then if you add in exercise, so while exercise is very beneficial for so many reasons, it is a stressor. And so if you take one step forward with sleep, one step forward with nutrition, and then you exercise, it's like taking a step back. So as you can see, it's kind of like that balance. But if you're overstressed, you won't recover well from exercise. And eventually chronic under recovery is going to catch up to you because your body actually needs that time and that space and the ability to recover. For instance, when you resistance train, when you use weights, it actually, what, what you're actually doing when you work out is you're creating micro tears in your muscle tissue. And so when your body works to repair those tears during periods of rest, that's actually when muscle is built. So if you're not recovering well, it's going to be a struggle because it's going to kind of be counterproductive. And to, if you're going to keep going and you're so stressed and tired that you can't properly recover then you're just fighting a, an uphill battle, essentially. Sometimes, really, like what is actually what your body needs is for you to take a day of rest, to eat a little bit more, to let your, let your body recover. Because in order to support your metabolism, you have to reduce stress. Your metabolism is essentially like a stress barometer, so it's really, really important that you take those times that you need to be able to properly recover. And you, your body really can't progress if stress is out of whack and your metabolism will adapt accordingly and it's really going to cause a lot of frustration for you likely. So the other thing, you know, when with calories in versus, while calories in versus calories out, is really the way to late to weight loss. So that's, you know, whether no matter what diet or program you do, it really is calories in versus calories out. That's how body fat is lost. Um, but lifestyle factors can work through the hormones and metabolic mechanisms. So it'll it can alter actually where we store that excess energy. So it can change your cravings. So a lot of times if your hormone levels are out of whack, you will maybe, you know, crave salty and salty things or, you know, junk food. And it can result in that emotional eating. So a lot of times emotional eating, I think, or I hypothesize just from my experience that it's often linked to this issue with an imbalance somewhere. And so it can really cause that frustration because we won't be able to lose fat the way we want to. And the other thing about cortisol is it's actually catabolic. So that's what that means is that 
when something is catabolic, it breaks down muscle. And so this is really bad for the metabolism because muscle tissue is metabolically important. And so increased muscle tissue will mean an increased metabolism. So if we're in a catabolic state due to stress, your body will struggle to maintain the muscle tissue that you have, even if you're working out consistently. So it's kind of like shooting yourself in the foot when you do this. And cortisol, you know, like I said, will suppress your thyroid. And so you're and the thyroid will suppress the sex hormones and for, for women, estrogen and progesterone. So it just really is, like I said earlier, that domino effect where one thing will affect another thing, which is pretty much kind of how it is with health and nutrition and actually anything in life. Nothing is in isolation. Other things affect, you know, everything else. So um, one analogy that I like to use is... If you picture stress like filling a bucket with water, um, when you have an empty bucket, so your stress, or if you, you know you put just like a couple stressors in that bucket, it's really not going to impact you too much. But as your bucket continues to fill, the threat to your health will increase as well. So you, your body really can only handle so much, and so. You know, another little side note here is that chronic undereating for your body and your goals actually is a stressor. So, going into a caloric deficit is a stress on your body. Um, and so, if you are chronically undereating or you're continuing to train and you're overly stressed, you really are not going to probably see the results that you want to. And Another little side note about cortisol is it actually can change the way your body metabolizes glucose. So glucose is the sugar that when you eat carbs, your body converts those carbs to sugar for energy. And so if your body is unable to efficiently process that sugar or the glucose that you eat, you will have you could have insulin resistance result. And so when we eat carbs, basically, you know, like I was saying, our bodies will break them down into glucose. So it'll enter your bloodstream and then it'll raise your blood sugar levels. So when that happens, your, your pancreas will release insulin and that helps transport that glucose from your bloodstream to your cells to be used for energy and stores glycogen. And so typically the you know, you, your insulin will be able to kind of regulate all that. So insulin is kind of like the key that unlocks your cell's ability to take in that glucose and then use it for energy. But when your energy, the key insulin doesn't work like it should. And basically the high blood sugar and insulin levels results in the promotion of fat storage. So, and typically also in the abdominal area. So Insulin resistance is another big contributor in your ability, inability to lose body fat. So with these chronic stress, stress issues and blood sugar irregularities, your body is likely going to hold on to the fat you want to lose. So as you can see, all of this is really kind of counterproductive to what you're actually trying to do. So stress, like I was saying a little bit ago, stress can also make you crave sweets and it'll mess with your hunger regulating hormones, ghrelin and leptin. So ghrelin is your hunger hormone and leptin is your satiety hormone. So if these are neg negatively affected by excess stress, 
The result would be that you would have a difficult time not eating in excess of your calories for your body's needs because if you feel hungry, a lot of times you're going to want to keep eating, but it oftentimes is because those hormone levels are a little bit dysregulated. So chronic stress can also lead to leptin resistance. So like I was saying, leptin is your satiety hormone, the hormone that tells you you're full. And so it's a condition where like if you have leptin resistance, it can lead to a condition where your brain will have a hard time recognizing that your body is producing leptin, attempting to regulate your hunger. And so since your body won't recognize this, you may feel hungry and it's quite likely that you're going to want to eat more or that you will eat more, which then, as we know, is increasing your calories, which then will lead to weight gain because if you're eating over what your body actually needs, that's where your body will store that excess energy, aka body fat. So a basic way to think of all this, this is a lot of you know, a lot of information, but a basic way to think of all this is more stress means more cortisol. More cortisol means an increased appetite and cortisol will suppress your body's ability also to digest that food. So when you're chronically stressed and your hormones are off, your body will hold on to fat and your metabolism can be altered, which are all things that really can make weight loss a struggle for you. So it's really, really key to work as much as you can to reduce stress. So like I was saying a little bit ago, being in a caloric deficit is a stress, as is exercise. And even though exercise is beneficial, it's still a stressor. So if you attempt to add those to a brimming stress bucket, your body likely won't respond in the way you would like. And so it's really important to control the controllables because some things in life, obviously, we can't control. We can't always control family stressors or um, or work. You know, we can't always mitigate all of the stressors in our lives, but we can manage some of them. And I think it's really important to, if you, especially if you're feeling like maybe this is resonating with you a little bit, like if you really have a lot of stress in your life maybe take an audit of of your routines, of your lifestyle, and see what tweaks you could make to reduce some of the stress. Are there, you know, maybe a, a couple hours that you could carve out for a little bit of downtime for, you know, trying to increase your the amount of sleep you could get? I always say, like, look at the basics of what you can actually do. So it's optimal to get seven to nine hours of sleep at night. You know, is it possible for you to maybe go to bed a little bit earlier or to do a crock pot dinner so that it gives you more time and less time for cooking in the kitchen in the evening? Or, you know, can you take a walk? Walking, honestly, for me has always been one of my very favorite uh, tools for stress reduction, but just overall mental health. I just really crave my daily walks. And so, um, you know, you want to look for those things that are going to reduce stress. And it's it can be different for everybody, what you prefer to, to do. Um, but, you know, the other thing too I would like to say is Adequate water intake is really important because water, drinking enough water can help your body eliminate cortisol. So if you have excess cortisol, drinking more water can actually help eliminate that. 
And then also looking, just looking at your nutrition. So if you're chronically stressed, you definitely want to not be trying to diet. So you want to eat at maintenance if you're stressed um, because you don't want to try to lose body fat. It's going to be frustrating for you. So it's really important to get those lifestyle factors as dialed in as possible before attempting to lose fat. And then I would, the other thing is really look at what's essential in your life. What do you have to do each day? What is going to, going to help you as far as your overall mental and physical well-being and what isn't and really try to to make some tweaks and adjustments so that things are more in alignment with what you're trying to achieve and just your overall quality of life so um you know i think it's important also to note that a lot of times the solution is the opposite of what you think you need to do and so it's really important to get as honest with yourself as you can talk to a trusted friend. You know, I'm I'm here if you have any questions. I think it's just important to really look at what you can actually do to improve things for yourself. And um, I just want to thank you guys for listening again today. And as always, if you have, you know, any questions, feel free to DM me on Instagram. Uh, the link is in the show notes. And feel, feel free to reach out if you have any ideas for podcast topics you'd like me to cover. Um, I would love to hear any suggestions or feedback that you have and feel free to leave me a rating on Apple podcast or Spotify, but thank you. And I will see you guys next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of point of pivot. I hope today's discussion has been helpful for you and provided you with some insights and maybe a little inspiration that you can use on your journey to a healthier life. If you ever have questions, comments, or topics you'd like to see covered on future episodes, please don't hesitate to DM me on Instagram at Emily Eboa Coaching. And if you're ever ready to take that step toward transforming your life, I'm here to guide you through coaching. And if this has been helpful for you, please consider sharing this episode to someone else who would enjoy it or on your stories on Instagram. As always, thank you for being here and I will see you next time.